Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined always by my man, Lucas Kaser, and you are tuned in to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Candlestick Kids, leave a rate and review anywhere you're listening to your podcast, and follow us on IG at Fantasy Football underscore TCK Pod, and on Twitter at TCK underscore Pod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, rolling solo today. Lucas is off, so I'm going to be breaking down some wide receiver Teammate strategies, some wide receiver stacks. We'll talk a little bit about quarterback and wide receiver stacks, but we did a bunch of that in our quarterback week just two weeks ago. But this is episode 230, episode 230, closing in on 250, breaking down today the wide receiver, team comparisons, teammate stacks. We're going to break down every single roster and the wide receivers on that roster, and then I'm going to give you my top 10 wide receiver teammate stacks that you can target in drafts. Of course, some of those more expensive than others. Some you can find great values on in your drafts. Um, Others you're going to have to pay up for. Also, I'm going to break down just a little bit of why it could be a great strategy to stack your wide receivers. So before we get into that, I want to give a quick shout out to our draft guide. If you've already got a a copy um, with the draft guide, the in-season package, or the all-in package, which is both of those plus some extra one-on-one work with myself, Lucas, our buddy Dwayne, some other analysts uh, in our space. Thank you very much for the support already. You know, we appreciate it. If you haven't yet, pause the podcast here, pause the video, click the link below and get yourself a copy of the draft guide. It's just five bucks for the in-season package, five bucks for the preseason draft package, and 15 bucks for the all-in package, which is both of those, plus one-on-one opportunities with us all season long to let us help you and coach up on your fantasy rosters week in, week out with DFS stuff, start sick questions, trades, whatever you need. We'll be there for you best we can. So make sure to grab yourself a draft guide if you have not already. For those of you that have participated in the draft guide, we, you know we love you. And those of you that have uh, already copped your um, version of it, thank you so much for the support. It really does mean the world to Lucas, myself, and everybody else involved here at TCK. So appreciate that. Also, I want to give a quick update on the TCK pod listener league. You guys are still asking. I know it's been busy with the draft guide, um, but we are going to get that to you in August. Lucas and I have come up on a great opportunity for TCK pod, uh, the brand, the podcast and everything else. We're still in the works with it. So I'm not going to spill the beans just yet, but it's an exciting opportunity for he and I individually and collectively for TCK pod. I will give you more information on that as soon as we have it, but I will tell you it's going to kick off in August. All right. So nothing's going to change as far as what you're used to here for the TCK pod, as far as the podcast and things, but we're just going to be upgrading the brand a little bit. And I will explain to you exactly what that means when we have more information to tell you right now, I'm just going to throw out a teaser, but I bring all that up because that is kind of stalled a little bit. um, Our um, workings with the TCK pod listener league, Uh, that we have been kind of fronting um, and putting on pause for the draft guide. So just know that all of you are hitting me up. I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. We still do have a month and a half left. We've got plenty of time. uh, So I'm not worried about that. Um, We will give you information as soon as possible, but I think it might be a little more uh, fun this year with our new opportunity. So I'm going to pause it right there and uh, I'll get back to you as soon as I have more information. But Without any further ado, let's dive into episode 230, Wide Receiver Comparisons. This is episode three of Wide Receiver Week. Tomorrow, we're going to be breaking down a uh, zero RB wide receiver mock draft as we finish every single week up with the mock draft. We'll be doing that tomorrow. Make sure you get in tune with that, and let's get right into it. So let's talk right off the bat here. Let's discuss why it's important to consider stacking your wide receivers. So basically a wide receiver stack in layman's terms is taking two or more, I guess, if it makes sense, two or more wide receivers from the same team, i.e. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, the list goes on. Two wide receivers from the same team, why it might be important that you take two of those players. 
now there's a couple different trains of thoughts here. The first one is, well, if they're both going to finish top 24 and wide receiver twos, then I'll take them all day long. If they're going to kind of eat each other's workload, then I don't want to do that. And I want to get a you know five number one wide receivers versus a couple number twos. And that's valid as well. But it's important to look at the overall offense, the scheme, the passing frequency, and uh, the general distribution of targets through an offense. Like the Falcons, for example, very concentrated on Julio Jones, very concentrated on Calvin Ridley. Yes, Todd Gurley is going to get work in the pass game. Yes, Hayden Hurst is going to get work in the pass game. Russell Gage is going to get a little bit as well. But the Falcons are going to be throwing the ball 600-plus times. That's plenty of work to go around, and we do know that Matt Ryan is going to hyper-target Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. So, for example, we put those two guys in our lineup. Yes, they those two in particular are expensive. They're going to cost you two you know, first three or four round picks. But again, if you're getting two potentially top 15 receivers um, on a good season, that obviously would pan out. So let's dive in a little bit deeper and let you know what things looked like last year for wide receiver stacks. And I'm just going to read off some notes here and, and give you uh, an idea of what 2019 looked like for wide receiver stacks. 10 teams in 2019 had at least two players who finished as a wide receiver three or better. A perfect example last year was Dallas, right? So let's take Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Those guys were available in the third round for Michael, uh, Michael Cooper. Third round for Amari Cooper and the 10th round for Michael Gallup. Both of those guys finished as top 24 receivers. Now, of course, this year they're bringing in CeeDee Lamb as well. So it's a rare kind of triple stack, which I'll get into in just a little bit if you're interested in that. From week one through week 16, so all season last year through the fantasy season, so not counting week 17, Week one through 16 last year, there were six teams that had at least two wide receiver three performances in seven or more weeks. I'll read that again. There were six teams that had at least two wide receiver three performances in seven or more weeks. So that's production for multiple receivers through half of the season, right? Great stat there. Last season, five teams had two or more wide receivers finish higher than wide receiver 24 in fantasy points per game. On a weekly basis, 2019 saw an average of 5.6 teams per week with at least two wide receiver twos finishes or better. Okay, the key to wide receiver stacking in general is to target offenses that have the production and the consolidation of those wide receiver targets, as I just mentioned. Okay, so teams like the Rams, when they throw the ball, they throw the ball primarily to the receivers. And this year, it should be Cup and Woods. Josh Reynolds will get some work. Von Jefferson will get some work. The three running backs will get some work. Higby and Everett will get some work. But the majority of those targets in, in uh, L.A. are going to go to Cup and Woods for the most part, right? So we want to focus on offenses like that for those stacks. Now, of course, Tampa Bay and Atlanta, as I already mentioned, are both obvious candidates for this, um, but their wide receivers are really expensive as far as fantasy drafts go, so it's going to be difficult. And if the quarterback were to get hurt or one of those receivers were to get hurt, the other one could skyrocket, but you're basically spending, you know, again, a top three to four round pick on two guys. So, that's kind of a breakdown in general on the wide receiver stack method and why it can be important. I've been a fan of that for years. I've done it quite a bit. What I generally try to do is get, you know, a top dog this year. Let's say it would be, let's pick Devonte Adams. Now I don't think anybody would consider now Devonte Adams is top three to five in NFL and fantasy, no matter who you talk to. Okay. That's fair. He's a first round, second round pick latest. I don't think anybody would say that Alan Lazard or Devin Funches are wide receiver threes even maybe wide receiver fours probably so in those cases that's when I look to kind of look at the stack if it doesn't make sense right with ADP so Tay Adams love him I'm going to pick him in the first round every single time but I can look at one of those other guys maybe both of them in the 12th 13th 14th round and see what happens and when they click I did that last year with Geronimo Allison and MVS blew up in my face nothing worked out but we've seen over the years those big stacks pan out. So that's generally the idea that I take and the approach that I take. I don't generally go with two expensive wide receivers off top. However, there are a couple this year that I am interested in and we'll go through this right now. So I'm going to dive in to every single team and we'll go down the list, all 32 teams quickly. And I'm going to list off the number one wide receiver, 
and probably the number two on the depth chart. Of course, a couple of these number two and three players go back and forth, depending on if they're a rookie or experienced or new to the team, whatever. But we're going to go through that, and I'm going to let you know who that number one is, who everybody knows pretty much, and then who that number two is, which I think would be the ideal stack. In some instances, there are three players that stack, like Dallas. And in some instances, maybe that third player on the depth chart is a better stack because of ADP. So again, ADP is important to take into consideration when you're thinking something like this. Now, if you listened last week to our uh, running back uh, handcuff episode, this is basically the wide receiver handcuff episode. Now, we don't think of them as handcuffs because multiple wide receivers, as I just read to you, can have value in their own right. So you're not waiting for somebody to go down for another wide receiver to get play unless they're third or fourth on the depth chart. As with the running back, you're waiting for that guy to go down so the next man up can, can uh, make it happen. So it's a little bit different, but it's kind of a similar idea in that you're getting the backup, if you will. And in the case, now I don't want to jinx anybody, but in maybe an easy case this year that a lot of people are talking about, A.J. Green for the Bengals is the starter. He's the alpha. He is the surefire number one. But he's had health concerns. He missed all of last season. Okay, he's missed a number of games in the two seasons before that. He just now signed his tenure, right? So he's finally on the team. Things are good to go, but who knows how long he's going to last. If he goes down, Tyler Boyd's the next man up. But there's also Auden Tate, John Ross, rookie T. Higgins. There's a lot of mouths to feed there in, in Cincinnati. So who is the actual uh, person that you want to handcuff, if you will, but use that wide receiver stack on according to ADP for a team like the Bengals who have many options? So let's dive into this. We'll start with the Cardinals. I'm just going to run alphabetically through each team, break down the number one and the number two, and let you know how I feel about the stack opportunities. Some of them I'm just not excited about a stack because they don't all have value, but most teams certainly do. All right, let's start with the Cardinals here. New Hopkins comes over from Houston. Obviously, he's the alpha. He's most people's top five wide receiver, top 10 for sure. He is the number uh, one dog there easily. Christian Kirk is going to be the stack that you want. You can get it get him right now in the deeper rounds, you know, eighth, earliest, 10th, uh, most usually. Larry Fitz, Hall of Famer and a legend, both in uh, NFL football and fantasy football. But at this point, uh, Larry might get six catches a game for 60 yards, the occasional touchdown, but his uh, upside is, is far gone. So in Arizona, I definitely want Nuke, of course, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but I am also looking at Christian Kirk because I think if they get this high-flying offense air raid moving that they want to do, uh, coupled with this uh, great run game with um, Kenyon Drake and uh, Chase Edmonds along with Ido Benjamin, I think they're going to be just fine there in Arizona, and I love Kyler, of course, as well. So off the bat, Nuke and Christian Kirk, great pairing there. We'll go to Atlanta. This one's easy. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, I just talked about them. They're going to cost you two fourth. Top four round picks, though, risky. But, man, if you want to do it in one league, it could be fireworks. Both of these guys could finish as wide receiver ones, actually. Um, Calvin Ridley was actually on pace to outpace Julio Jones last year before he got hurt. Once he got hurt, uh, Julio Jones was the number one wide receiver by a lot. Um, and, obviously, if one of those guys were to go down, the other one would be the alpha number one easy. Another name to consider here is Russell Gage. If you're new to fantasy football, you may not know who Russell Gage is. He is taking over for Mohamed Sanu, the longtime slot receiver, the third receiver there for the Falcons. Mohamed Sanu is now in New England. Russell Gage comes in for him. There's plenty of targets there. Hayden Hurst is going to get his work, but Russell Gage should get plenty of work as well. Um, uh, Mohamed Sanu was good for about 80 targets, you know, 800 yards and five to six touchdowns. I'll get that from my wide receiver six or seven that I could get at the end of my draft for free just to see what happens all day long. And again, if one of those top dogs go down, Russell Gage could have some serious value for free in, in uh, drafts. I think he's even a better value this year in maybe dynasty leagues because Julio Jones is 31 years old. He might be moving on in the next three to four years. 31 is not as old for wide receivers as it is for running backs, but in the next three to four years, Julio may end up slowing down and uh, Russell Gage could move up the list there. So he's free in dynasty leagues, probably under waivers. You might be able to go scoop him right now. Baltimore Ravens, Marquise Brown, stud. I would love to uh, pick him up when it makes sense, M mainly best ball drafts, but Willie Sneed, Miles Boykin, not very interested. I know they got another, you know, um, Devin Duvernay and James Prochet. They brought in rookies as well. All those guys are great NFL receivers. And I think the, I think the passing game for, for uh, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, is going to be real nasty this year. For fantasy, though, 
I think there's a hard enough time for Marquise Brown to get enough work, to be honest with you. I think he's just going to live off big plays. And Mark Andrews is still going to get work, of course, all those running backs. I'm worried that there's not a stack opportunity. The stack in Baltimore that I want is uh, um, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. But even then, it's a run-based offense. I'm not 100% sure that I want to take that risk with those guys. But it's definitely not with two wide receivers there. A lot of dynasty value, though, with the uh, Ravens overall. Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs comes over from Minnesota Vikings, and John Brown. Love Cole Beasley, too, in a way deep league, like a 16, 14, 16 team league, PPR especially. Cole Beasley could even be considered in this triple stack. He and John Brown each had 100 targets last year, plus Stephon Diggs is going to come in. He's going to command number one work, but let's not forget about John Brown. I really do think he's going to have an opportunity, and uh, I also believe that um, Cole Beasley is going to get work as well. Dawson Knox might take a step up. Devin Singletary is going to get more work out of the backfield with Zach Moss coming in. And, of course, uh, Josh Allen is, is uh, going to be running the ball occasionally as well. And he's got a hell of a gun. So they bring in a very efficient, deep uh, threat with Stephon Diggs, coupled with another one in John Brown, and then Cole Beasley over the middle. The Bills could be kind of surprising this year in the past game as well. It's not a stack I'm looking forward to per se, but it's one of the cheaper – high upside stacks you can get. You can get digs in the fourth, fifth round. You can get John Brown in the seventh to ninth round. And if you're getting that kind of value and those guys are your wide receiver two and five, there's a lot of upside there, especially in best ball um, and non-PPR leagues because they may not get a ton of catches in that offense, but they're going to should get quite a bit of yardage and uh, hopefully a few touchdowns. So um, in non-PPR and best ball leagues, I like the Bills stack there, Stephon Diggs and John Brown, specifically in deeper leagues, Cole Beasley as well. Let's get into the Carolina Panthers here. DJ Moore, number one for sure. He's the, he's the top 10 wide receiver for most people in fantasy rankings. The stack is going to be interesting here. Um, Robbie Anderson is the guy that I would want because he's got that boom-bust opportunity. But let's not forget about Curtis Samuel, who had a ton of hype last year coming in. Um, he's a great weapon as well. Again, we'll see what Teddy can do. Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina with Matt Rule and his new offense. But I do think there's going to be some surprising big games here through the passing game uh, for Carolina. And uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson's a stack I would want. But if you're looking for more of a PPR approach and just high upside, um, then you could look at Curtis Samuel as well. But I think I would take the, uh, take the gamble on um, Robbie Anderson, who is, you know, Robbie Anderson and Samuel are both very, very cheap there. Let's go to the Bears, Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. Uh, Anthony Miller, very cheap. Allen Robinson, top 10 for most people. I think that's a great stack. A little bit risky. Anthony Miller's had injury problems. we got Nick Foles coming in. Mitch Trubisky's still around. Not really sure. Not excited to stack the Bears, but Allen Robinson is definitely my dog uh, by himself. Cincinnati Bengals kind of already went over them. A.J. Green, uh, Tyler Boyd, again, T. Higgins, uh, Coming out of Clemson, rookie Auden Tate, who had a great season last year um, in during the back half. And then John Ross, who's a burner. Um, he was a wide receiver one over the first three weeks last year. So A.J. Brown, or excuse me, A.J. Green is, of course, the guy. Um, I wouldn't mind taking him. I think, you know, again, there's a lot of risk there. But uh, A.J. Green, when he's on the field, he's a wide receiver one perennially for a decade. I like that. Tyler Boyd is certainly the stack that I want. But in deeper leagues, man, I wouldn't mind taking a couple shares of T. Higgins. He was actually, you know, C.D. Lamb was my favorite wide receiver coming out of the draft. Um, but T. Higgins and Jerry Judy were neck and neck. I really like T. Higgins. And honestly, I think he is just straight up the replacement long term for uh, A.J. Green. So if you're in dynasty leagues, go get T. Higgins. But if you're in a keeper league, also consider T. Higgins, who might be free at the end of your draft, could take over for uh, the Bengals next year. All right, with the Browns, Odell and Jarvis Landry. Easy, not much to speak about there. You can, you know, it's going to cost you probably your third and your fourth round pick, fifth round pick maybe. But um, again, kind of risky, but uh, could be through the moon if Odell gets his shit together and uh, Jarvis continues to outperform his ADP. So risky, but that's a good stack there. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys, of course, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. Those guys, um, all three of them have value here. CeeDee Lamb, I think, is going to get enough work. Again, Randall Cobb had over. You know, he had 80 to 100 targets, um, you know, vacated there. And uh, there's 124 vacated targets for the tight end position. So Blake Jarwin is going to be just fine by himself. He's not going to cut into CeeDee Lamb as much as CeeDee Lamb is not going to cut into Blake Jarwin. They have enough work between them with how much the Cowboys throw the ball. So I actually like Michael Gallup is my favorite Cowboy receiver, then Amari Cooper, and then I'll go with CeeDee Lamb. But CeeDee Lamb could halfway through the season – 
<laughs> outpace Amari Cooper, in my opinion, if he doesn't stay consistent. So um, love the Cowboys. Scoop up as much of that offense as you possibly can. Let's go to the Denver Broncos here. Cortland Sutton doing work, of course, not as effective with Drew Locke as he was with uh, Uncle Flacco somehow. Uh, but Jerry Judy comes in as well. Great slot receiver. He's going to be just fine as that number two there. K.J. Hamler is a deep dynasty grab, which I think could be nice moving forward, 4-3 speed. But I am basically I, – I don't have any shares currently at, uh, of Cortland Sutton because there's other wide receivers around where he's going that I'm looking to pick. But in Dynasty, I think he could be great. And if you're looking for kind of some best ball uh, grabs, I think Cortland Sutton could be nasty there. So not in one of my favorite stacks, but I definitely think the Broncos are going to have a, a nice couple of years up ahead of us. Let's go with the Detroit Lions here. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones – no secret there. Kenny Galladay is one of my favorite receivers. Top five for me right now. Marvin Jones, I've been praising for three years. You get him in the ninth round. In my opinion, I'm going to reach for him in the seventh or eighth to make sure I get him. He's always on pace for 90 receptions, 1,000 yards, maybe nine to 10 touchdowns. He's had some injury trouble the last couple of years. So has Matt Stafford. But when both are healthy, he's going to be just fine. So I love uh, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. And this is this is one of my top stacks. I'm going to get into my top 10 at the end of the episode, but a preview. This is one of my favorite ones because you get Kenny Holiday in the, what, second, third round probably. Great value for a potentially top six wide receiver. Then you're able to get Marvin Jones in like the ninth round, eighth round, as I said, in ADP. He could potentially also be a wide receiver too if this offense clicks the way that it was last year. Uh, but at the time Matt Stafford went down last year, he was quarterback two in PPR, uh, or excuse me, in uh, quarterback fantasy points per game. So we can obviously get it done. I like that a lot. Great value for both of those guys for the Lions. We'll get into the Packers. Again, one of these rare teams where like, I don't necessarily want the stack this year. I know I used them as an example at the top of the episode, but you take Tay Adams, okay? I'll take Tay Adams in my top eight picks, probably nine picks, top 10 for sure. Great, first round pick for me. Then do I want Alan Lazard, who got the rapport with Rodgers, but not till last year? Or do I want Devin Funches, who's a proven professional, albeit shortly, I get it, but a huge body in the red zone and um, could take some of that work in the red zone as well. So again, there's that huge touchdown upside there for Devin Funches as number two. I'm not sure if I would want either of these guys or both of these guys. Probably not both of these guys unless I have a 20 person roster if I were to pick one of them it's probably Alan Lazard but I don't feel comfortable with either of them yet uh, as a for sure stack that I'm going to count on each week so I'm going to go with Tay Adams alone and leave uh, the Packers out for my stack let's go with the Houston Texans again a lot of weapons here Will Fuller is the number one Brandon Cook's coming over from the Rams he's going to be the number two there I like that a lot that's a great stack both guys are pretty much going back to back in ADP so it might be tough to get them but if you're on the turn and you wanted to put all your eggs in the Houston basket, you could. Both of those guys have injury concerns, concussion concerns, lower body concerns. Um, very, very, very risky stack. The riskiest stack, I would say, at the wide receiver position. However, I don't think anybody would argue that those two guys have some of the most upside every single week uh, for fantasy football. So in best ball, they would be a nuts stack there with Deshaun Watson because either one of those guys could go for six – for 180 and two or three touchdowns, as we've seen Will Fuller do a few different times, and Brandon Cooks also do on a few different teams. So consider it, but again, very risky in redraft. And in Dynasty, I don't want anything to do with either one of these guys, frankly. They're still, you know, both pretty young, but the injuries really uh, give me the creeps, unfortunately. Let's go with the uh, Indianapolis Colts here. We have T.Y. Hilton, who I'm, you know, not excited about these days. And then we got Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell. I'm probably going to stay away from the Colts. But um, if I were to do a stack, I would actually wait till the very end of my draft. Skip on T.Y. Hilton. I know a lot of people still love T.Y. That's fine. I'm just going to pass. Um, I don't want to take the week-to-week -week volatility. And I'm going to stack Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell as maybe my two last picks in my draft. Huge upside for both those guys. I think those guys are the one and two next year for the Colts. Um, and uh, that could be an opportunity for later and maybe a, a second half season thing, but I'm just not into T.Y. Hilton uh, at the, at the, uh, with the current situation there uh, with Phillip Rivers and the short off season and all these other things. So I'll pass on that. All right, let's get into the Jaguars. We'll do a couple more and take a quick commercial break. 
With the Jaguars, we've got DJ Chark, Chris Conley, DJ Westbrook. Love DJ Chark, but I'm not excited about either one of these other two guys for stacks. I'm going to pass on them. Kansas City Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, obviously. Um, top four pick for wide receivers, a first-round pick for sure. Uh, maybe early second-round pick. Sammy Watkins and Nico Hardman, both of these guys could be the stack option. I just don't know which one. I probably lean toward Nico Hardman because I just can't trust Sammy Watkins. But because they're both kind of – take each other's role for right now. I left them off of the stack list because I would not want to do Tyreek Hill and one of these guys necessarily. But if I were to do it, it would be Tyreek Hill and Michael Hardman. We'll move on to the Chargers and the Rams. So for the Chargers, we have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Andre Patton who comes in. I am, I love Mike Williams. I've said that for a couple of years on the podcast. I actually like Keenan Allen a lot too in general. But Phillip Rivers really helped out that situation. Tyrod Taylor has never averaged more than, you know, 450 attempts in a season in his entire career. I don't expect that to change now. Um, he might even get benched for Justin Herbert, who, as a Duck Homer uh, and a, you know, University of Oregon alum, I love Justin Herbert, but he's still the rookie quarterback with a funky offseason. Not sure what that's going to look like for him. And I think Justin Herbert's skill set overall benefits Mike Williams more so than Keenan Allen. So if I were to stack Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, eh, probably not. Um, but, I mean, two incredible NFL receivers. But in fantasy, I'm just probably not going to draft Keenan Allen anywhere. And in Mike Williams, I'll probably take at the end of my drafts in best ball and non-PPR. Um, but to stack both of them, I just don't see a fantasy setting that uh, helps both of them. Keenan Allen, very much PPR uh, uh, reliant and Mike Williams basically is best ball and non-PPR reliant. So they don't really complement each other as far as fantasy goes. For NFL, they're a great duo um, and both very, very talented, but I just don't see it for fantasy. Let's go with the Rams here. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Josh Reynolds. Love all three of them. The rare triple stack here. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods would be a great stack. And then Josh Reynolds is my dog. We've been repping him on the podcast for three years. Um, started as kind of a joke, but now he's actually got a job with um, Brandon Cooks going over to Houston. I think Josh Reynolds is really going to surprise this year. He's one of my, my sleepers, deep sleepers even, if you want. Um, I just got him in the 18th round of a best ball draft. So go get shares of Josh Reynolds. If nothing else, man, he's he's – He's uh, going to catch some deep touchdowns, and he's, he's an, uh, you know, a third option there, which we saw Brandon Cooks uh, do very well in previously. So love the Rams overall. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, love them both. Eileen Cooper Cup currently. Lucas Leans, Robert Woods currently. Both like Josh Reynolds. I think that this offensive general is going to be fine. And what I was talking about earlier, fine teams that funnel those targets through their wide receivers, that's what the Rams do. The Rams are going to funnel those targets through the wide receivers, so not a bad triple stack there for the Rams. All right, before I get into the Raiders, just a quick reminder, again, if you've not gotten a uh, draft guide and you missed the intro, pause the podcast, pause the uh, video, and go get yourself one of the um, draft guide selections. We have a $5 preseason draft guide, $5 in-season draft guide, and then we have 15 bucks for both of those and one-on-one expertise from Lucas, myself, Dwayne, and other people uh, involved with TCK Pod. We're basically your one-on-one coach for the season. You can choose one of us. You can choose both of us. We all do different things. You can kind of pick and choose who you use. Uh, so feel free to do that. It literally takes a minute to fill it out. We just need your email address, your name, a quick couple uh, questions to get to know you. Pick the package or packages you'd like. Uh, and then we'll we'll set everything up and get you the link. So make sure you please do that, and uh, we appreciate your support there. You can also find our draft guide at tckpod.com. All right, let's round this out here. We got the Raiders. Um, Tyrell Williams is still on the team, a deep threat. Actually scored a touchdown in four consecutive games last year. Does pretty well as a deep threat, but he's just not kind of a sexy player. And then, of course, they bring in Henry Ruggs from Alabama. He's going to be – he should be the number one – as of right now, he's the number two on the depth chart. Technically, he should be the number one. And then Hunter Renfro, who a lot of the fantasy community fucking loves. I, I just – we have to see it. I loved him at Clemson, actually. I, I was uh, quite thrilled when Deshaun Watson and he teamed up to, uh, to uh, get that last second um, touchdown over Alabama a few years ago in the national championship game. Hell of a play. I think Hunter Renfro is great. Um, in this Raiders offense, I just – 
don't see enough to go around. I do think Marcus Mariota takes over for Derek Carr. If that happens, who gets the work? Darren Waller taking another step up after a career year last year. There's a lot going on in Oakland, in Las Vegas. So if I pick anybody on the Raiders, it's going to be Henry Ruggs. But I just don't see myself picking any of the Raiders, um, although all these guys are cheap in, uh, in ADP. So if you want to take a risk, go for it. I'm probably going to stick away from all those guys. Miami Dolphins. Last couple of weeks, I've been loud and clear about Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Y'all know who I want. I want Preston Williams. If I'm going one-to-one, on, one one, it's Preston Williams. If I'm going to stack, though, Devontae Parker is my wide receiver two or three in the sixth round. Awesome. Preston Williams as my wide receiver five or six in the 10th round. Awesome. That's a nice stack. I'm not a huge Devontae Parker drafter by himself. But if I'm going to go with like just all in on the Dolphins and I believe in Fitzmagic for another season and maybe Tua, I like that stack actually quite a bit. Um, I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket because we only saw eight and a half games of Preston Williams last year, but he did lead Devontae Parker in targets, receptions, and yards. I say that every single time just to make the point clear that Devontae Parker did lead him with one extra touchdown and was very, very neck and neck for everything else. And he exploded over the second half of the season most efficient wide receiver down the stretch there for uh, the NFL. So both receivers are very, very talented. I don't know. I put all my eggs in one basket in Miami. If I had to pick one guy, it's Preston Williams. But if I'm looking for a stack and I've already got the most of my roster ready to go, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams could be a nice, uh, could be a nice pairing. Minnesota Vikings, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Of course, Stephon Diggs now in Buffalo. We've already talked about him. Adam Thielen, I'm starting to grow on a lot more. I was a little bit, skittish because of his injury last year he let me down I drafted him everywhere because I fucking loved him and I was just kind of burned uh however he's looking he's looking a lot better he's healthy he's ready to go I mean he should get you know 30 percent 40 percent target share in this offense outside of Dalvin Cook um and you know Justin Jefferson should be great in the slot or on that outside is the Stephon Diggs role but again still a rookie Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen have a couple years now to mesh. I like that a lot. If I'm picking one guy, it's Adam Thielen. But again, another nice stack here because you go Adam Thielen and maybe third round, fourth round, great in PPR. And then Justin Jefferson is borderline not even drafted. In most leagues, he's going maybe the you know 12th round plus. Again, you're taking flyers anyway. Why not take a guy who could accidentally fall into – 80 targets, 90 targets as a rookie. If he's able to convert that into 60, 70 receptions, 700 yards and six or seven touchdowns, you know, that's wide receiver three, borderline wide receiver two numbers, and you're getting him in the 12th round. So I like the Vikings stack quite a bit with Thielen and Justin Jefferson. If I pick one guy, I'm going to stick with Thielen. New England Patriots, Julian Edelman, Mohamed Sanu, Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman. I'm not so bullish on him. Lucas clearly is if you've listened listen to the podcast lately we know that Lucas is more bullish than Julian Edelman uh, but again PPR machine he's going to get you 90 receptions maybe 1100 yards six touchdowns he doesn't like clockwork but not sure I mean if he's in my sixth seventh round he's my wide receiver three or four then sure otherwise I'll pass the other guys Mohamed Sanu and Nikhil Harry I think I'm just going to take the dart throw on Nikhil Harry and see what happens uh, loved him coming out of Arizona State, um, and Mohamed Sanu has been a very good average receiver, um, very good average receiver, like Randall Cobb, you know, some of these guys. Uh, but I don't, I don't have any interest in having Mohamed Sanu on my fantasy team. Nikhil Harry does carry some nice uh, upside there. So I'm going to pass on the stack of Edelman and, and Harry, um, and I probably just won't draft any New England because I just don't know what Cam's going to do. Is he going to rush more? Blah, blah, blah. They could run the ball because they got five great running backs. I don't know what the Patriots are going to do. Nobody ever does. Um, I'll probably stay away from them. But if I were to take a dart throw, it's probably Nikhil Harry late in my drafts. For New Orleans, Michael Thomas, of course, uh, you know, top three pick for some people, the number one wide receiver off the board for almost everyone. Emmanuel Sanders is the next man up. And I want to be more excited about this, but he's over 30. Um, and the number two for the Saints just isn't what everybody wants it to be every year. So not a bad stack. You take MT in the first round, and you could take Emmanuel Sanders in like the eighth. Not a bad stack. It's good value for both guys. I just am not super excited about it, so I'll probably pass on that one. Giants, 
Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Darius Slayton. Okay, there's a lot of mouths to feed here. Evan Ingram, of course, Saquon Barkley, yada, yada. I'm going to probably stay away from all Giants. I highly recommend, if you have not yet got the draft guide, you go cop one. When you cop one, Lucas spent a ton of time. He literally broke down all of the splits for every Giants wide receiver with the teammate. So all the splits that Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate had together, what that looked like. Golden Tate and Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. And he broke all those down to let you know who was more productive when who was on the field. Because we all know that none of these, you know, they did not play one game last year, but these three receivers, um, Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram, healthy last year. If that all happens, Daniel Jones could be the winner of this whole thing. But I'm probably going to stay away from the Giants just because I'm not sure what's going on. Deep dart throw, it's probably going to be Darius Slayton. If I'm looking for a late PPR guy, it might be Golden Tate or Sterling Shepard. But again, not crazy about any of them, so I might just let it slide. Let's go into the Jets. Rashad Perryman, Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims. Rashad Perryman had five games in four seasons, and he blew up last year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after Evans got uh, hurt, after Godwin got hurt, and Jameis had nobody else to throw his 50 attempts to a game. I'm not buying it. I'm just straight up not buying Rashad Perryman. No, thank you. You can. I would love to get burned by him if it happens. I'm passing on Rashad Perryman. However, I do like Jamison Crowder in the 10th plus round as a late, you know, wide receiver six, maybe um, PPR grab there. Should have, you know, 90 receptions, could have 900 to 1,000 yards, five, six touchdowns probably just because this offense isn't going to be that prolific. However, I do like Jamison Crowder late. And Denzel Mims, man, extremely talented. I do think he's pretty stunted by Adam Gase and the whole Jets thing. But if, uh, if, um, Sam Darnold can stay healthy this season and really, you know, put Denzel Mims into that Robbie Anderson role. We saw Robbie Anderson with a couple 100-yard games and a few touchdowns down the stretch. So fingers crossed for Denzel Mims. I'm probably going to fade all Jets this year just because I don't know what's going to happen. But I could see Jamison Crowder and Denzel Mims getting some work. Let's go with the Philadelphia Eagles here. Passing on Alshon Jeffrey, lower body, upper body, contract issues, old now. I just, I loved, fucking loved Alshon Jeffrey in Chicago with Brandon Marshall. Loved him when he came over to Philadelphia early. When he's on the field, he's a touchdown machine. But if you're not playing best ball or non-PPR, do not touch Alshon Jeffrey. Too much of a risk. Deshaun Jackson, same thing. Very risky. However, does have the boom potential. I'll take him into best ball every once in a while. Jalen Rager is probably the guy that I would take a stab on. But I just don't trust the Eagles wide receiving core period. I've been very vocal about Carson Wentz and I'm fading him um, less about the player, more about the situation, but I'm going to fade that as well. So I'm going to stay away from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Pittsburgh Steelers. This could be a triple stack depending on things, but it's definitely a stack with Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson. The other one would be James Washington, probably more of a deeper league, 15 or sorry, 14, 16 team leagues. But if you go Juju in the fourth round, which is a steal, I'm telling y'all right now, Juju's around in the fourth round of your draft. Pick him every single time. Ridiculous. He faded last year because Ben got hurt and the Steelers were shit. Juju was number 11 just two years ago with AB, and he got tackled five times inside the two-yard line in 2018. If he converted all five of those touchdowns, he would have been top five receiver easily, and Antonio Brown probably would have fallen, so Juju might have been better than AB in 2018. Just remember that. Taking Juju all day long. Deontay Johnson could have a huge breakout here. Um, definitely worth the stack to me. Deontay is still climbing the, the, the uh, fantasy draft boards because of all the hype, but I do think that he's got the opportunity there. So, you know, ninth round, 10th round. If I'm looking at the board, I'll take Marvin Jones and Deontay Johnson back-to-back all day long. A couple more teams here. Seattle Seahawks, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. You go back and forth with your ones. Lucas has got Tyler Lockett as the number one in Seattle. I actually think it's going to be DK Metcalf this year. Um, great stack. Uh, again, going to be pretty much the same draft capital, kind of like the Rams, kind of like the uh, Texans. So it's going to be tricky to get both of these guys. But if you believe in Russell Wilson, as I do, and you think the Seahawks are going to throw more this year, which I do, and you don't believe in Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson to carry a full weight this year, which I don't, <laughs> then that makes me think that Tyler Lockett and or DK Metcalf are going to eat. DK had 100 targets as a rookie. Very, very rare. He only converted 58 of them, so clearly a shitty percentage. But if that goes up to 75%, he had the most red zone targets in the league 
he brings down double-digit touchdowns, 1,000 yards, 1,200 yards, easy, and 70, 80 receptions. DK Metcalf's going to be a fucking animal. We all know how good Tyler Lockett is, but I think DK Metcalf takes the lead there with the touchdown upside. All right. Shouts out to uh, AHA Sparkling Water. Uh, not a sponsor yet, but um, keeping me uh, keeping me hydrated here. All right, a couple more teams. San Francisco. I just want to make a quick mention of Debo Samuel. He's hurt, but he's not dead. All right? He should be ready for number uh, week number one. I would not be drafting him in daily fantasy. <laughs> Redraft, I'm probably going to fade him as well just because I don't think he's going to come back for this injury um, uh, very well because nobody usually does in the first season. Even if he does, his versatility, running um, uh, uh, agility and things like that are going to be stunted probably with this particular injury. I'm going to fade Debo as much as I love him. Dynasty, you might be able to buy him cheap. So I would go do that in Dynasty, but just know that you're probably not going to be using him much this year. Otherwise, I'll pass on him. Best ball, late-round draft pick, take a shot. Kendrick Bourne, Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is now Debo Samuel, okay? Just know that. Brandon Ayuk is now Debo Samuel. I think he's going to be just as effective as a rookie this year coming out of uh, Arizona State. Kendrick Bourne is a fun name for the 49er fans. Um, I just don't think he's going to be enough to be a true wide receiver, too, although Marquise Goodwin now is in uh, Philadelphia, um, and there are some – Targets to go around, but we did get Trent Taylor back this year. Of course, we have Jalen Hurd coming out of nowhere that nobody's talking about. He's going to be a fucking animal. Niners are going to be just fine, but be careful about Debo Samuel. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, clearly maybe the best on this list um, outside of Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, obviously, you know, take that stack all day long if you believe in it, but it's going to cost you a second and a third round pick. Very expensive. Could I mean if they're both top ten, then you're you know you strike gold. But do we try, you know do we think Tom Brady's still got it? Is Rob Gronkowski going to take away from him? Is um, uh, uh, OJ Howard going to take away from him? They got you know Keyshawn Vaughn, who should be the new James White for Tom Brady. We'll see what happens there, but obviously that's a great pick if he, if it works out. Tennessee AJ Brown Corey Davis. I still don't believe in Corey Davis. I want it to happen. Maybe he's this year's Devontae Parker. I'd love that. But A.J. Brown is an animal. I'm drafting him everywhere I possibly can. His ADP is skyrocketing now, though. So be careful with that. But I do love A.J. Brown not trusting Corey Davis. Washington, Terry McLaurin, Steven Sims, Andy, uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden. Make a bold prediction maybe two years in advance. But this trio right here, Terry McLaurin, Steven Sims, and Antonio Gandy-Golden could be one of the better triple stacks in fantasy football in the next two or three years. Whether it's with Dwayne Haskins or not, I'm not sure. I don't think it happens in year one. I'm not going to bring up all of the Washington franchise drama and bullshit, but between the team name and the owner and former coach pimping out cheerleaders as escorts and shit, it's fucking disgusting. I'm not going to get into all that right now, but the reality is there's a ton of distractions in Washington, D.C., not to mention all of the political shit going on as well, leading up to an election in 2020. It's a mess. I don't believe in Dwayne Haskins. I've said for months, I think he's just the next version of uh, Jameis Winston, where he's uber talented, huge uh, arm. He can run a little bit, but I don't think he's got it in between the ears uh, as much as he's going to need to to be successful for a long time in this league. Ron Rivera likes to run the ball. They've got seven running backs, one of them being a Hall of Famer. I just don't see these guys really making it happen. However, we're talking about stacks. Terry McLaurin, Steven Sims could be a nice cheap stack. Terry McLaurin, fifth round, sixth round. Steven Sims, 10th, 12th round. Antonio Ganey Golden, not even getting drafted in a redraft. He's a dynasty name, great, uh, greatly talented. These guys could be a very, very cheap stack or triple stack, but I don't see the value, so I'm not sure that I'm going to be targeting them so much in Washington. All right, that runs down every single team from Arizona to Washington with the, uh, with the number one, the number two, and who I believe to be the stack and how I feel about them. Now what I'd like to do is get into my top 10 stacks. You've already heard me break these down, but these are the teams. These are the players. These are the stacks that I'm targeting in drafts. Now, some of them have a caveat based on ADP. It's going to be more tricky to get some of these guys. But if I can swing it, if it makes sense, if I've already got running backs, if I don't need another uh, 
uh, tight end or a quarterback or something at that point. I'm looking for this guy and I believe in the quarterback. I could do that. So let's get into my top 10 wide receiver stacks heading into 2020. Again, alphabetically listed, but probably at number one anyway, Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, can't go wrong. I threw in Russell Gage again as well, just because we saw Muhammad Sanu have plenty of wide receiver three uh, value from week to week. And if one of these guys go down, we could uh, see a big increase there. So I'm going to get Julio Jones in the back of the first round. I'm going to take Calvin Ridley probably in the third or the fourth. And Russell Gage, shit, I could get him for free anyway. Uh, so why not? And do I believe in the quarterback and Matt Ryan? Absolutely. He's gone up and down. If you've seen all the stats in the different uh, fantasy seasons for Matt Ryan, even years, he's in the top five odd years for some reason. He's usually a QB two for some reason. This year's an even year. I could see him being top five in this offense with Todd Gurley and everything else. I like it a lot. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and even Russell Gage, my number one uh, wide receiver stack to target. Next up, Cincinnati Bengals, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. Love it a lot. Like I just mentioned, very risky with A.J. Green, but I like Tyler Boyd. I'm going to go with T. Higgins. I'm going to pass on Auden Tate for now. I'm going to pass on John Ross, too risky. I like uh, T. Higgins there just in case. So T. Higgins is like a true handcuff to uh, A.J. Green. Auden Tate is 6'5 as well and can be that big body, but they straight up drafted T. Higgins to take over for A.J. Green. And they did ask Joe Burrow leading into round two, who Joe Burrow wanted as his number one receiver out of the draft. With everybody that was taken already, the next man up was T. Higgins in the first pick of the second round. So Joe Burrow handpicked that. You gotta love that moving forward. Next up, I got the Browns, Odell, and Landry. Sorry, I'm getting parched here. I need to need to uh, salivate a little bit more while I'm doing these podcasts. I need Lucas. Lucas, where are you at, bro? Give me a breather. Jeez. I'm gonna go with the Browns here. Uh, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, obviously both these guys perennially at least wide receiver twos. Odell took a shit last year. I get it. He was hurt. He had core surgery. He'll be fine. Um, Jarvis Landry had abdominal surgery as well. He should be fine. Both these guys are going to be good. Not worried about it. Uh, Baker should have a bounce back. Are they going to throw less? Maybe, but Kirk Cousins was plenty effective um, on play action. So I think uh, uh, Baker will be just fine with Kevin Stefanski. Next up, Dallas Cowboys, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. Again, all three of these guys going to be expensive, but could be worth it. Dak Prescott's my number three quarterback behind uh, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. So I like that a lot. So I'll take uh, the Cowboys all day long. If I had to pick two of them, I'm probably going to skip on Amari Cooper, actually. Save the ADP and save the headaches. I'm going to go Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. Next up, I got the Lions, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Talked about them constantly. Love Kenny Galladay. Love Marvin Jones in general with their ADP. One of the best value stacks you can possibly find. Next up, I got the Rams, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Josh Reynolds. I would like this as a triple stack. Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup have proven that they can both be wide receiver ones weekly, wide receiver twos over the season. Cooper Cup was number two last year before he went down. And Josh Reynolds, I think, could step into that Brandon Cook's role, have some huge games, have some great value overall, and finish the season as a wide receiver three. So I think you can get two wide receiver ones or twos and a potential wide receiver two or three all in the Rams here. Todd Gurley obviously gone. Three other running backs. I think they're going to turn more to the pass here, uh, even though Sean McVay is now apparently copying the 49ers on their four-back running system. But Let's be honest, that offensive line is not the 49ers offensive line. So they're going to be down. That defense is not as good. They're going to be down. They're going to be chucking it. I like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Josh Reynolds. Three, uh, four more. Minnesota Vikings, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson mentioned early. This is kind of my least exciting stack maybe, but it might be one of the cheapest. Adam Thielen, third or fourth round. Justin Jefferson basically undrafted in redraft leagues. If he's getting drafted, maybe the 10th, 10th, 12th. Why not take a stab late for some PPR action? I like that a lot. Pittsburgh, one of my favorites as well, sleeping under the radar here. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, could be a top five wide receiver if Big Ben's good for all of the season. And Deontay Johnson could be a wide receiver too as well this year. He's going in the back half of drafts as well. Great value for both of these guys. This one's one of my favorite. These last two are probably two of my favorites as well, but again, going to be expensive and hard to pull off with ADP very similar to each player. First, Seattle Seahawks, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. Those guys are going basically back-to-back in drafts by a round. It's going to be hard to get both of them. Um, I would love to stack. I love Russell Wilson. 
uh, I would lean uh, DK Metcalf if I were to pick one, though. And last but not least, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No surprise here. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you can have either one of them ahead of the other guy. Nobody would really argue. Tom Brady, I think, does have at least another year or two left in Tampa Bay. These guys could be just fine. If I were to pick one guy, it's probably Chris Godwin just to meet Tom Brady a little bit more in his skill set. But Mike Evans, man, quietly putting up one of the best careers ever of a wide receiver, and he's just kind of rotting in Tampa Bay. Um, he, you know, People know him in fantasy circles, but in the NFL, he does not get the chatter that he deserves having over 1,000 yards in each of his um, – uh, seasons since that 2014 class and he's had double digit touchdowns twice the man is a monster and he could he could return to that again this year so again my top 10 wide receiver stacks in no particular order are the Atlanta Falcons Cincinnati Bengals Cleveland Browns Dallas Cowboys Detroit Lions Los Angeles Rams Minnesota Vikings Pittsburgh Steelers Seattle Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all right, y'all, that's a long one for me. Uh, I am going to dip out and get into a mock draft tomorrow. We're going to have a zero RB mock draft. Looking forward to that. If you have not listened to the rest of the wide receiver week, tune it back on the podcast. Get our running back week from last week, quarterbacks a week before that. Next week, we're going to do tight ends. And then starting in August, again, I can't tell you yet what it is, but I can tell you I am fucking stoked for this opportunity that Lucas and I have come across in the scene. We'll get you more uh, information when I have it. We'll have more information on TCK um, Listener League as well as soon as uh, we can we can uh, kind of spill the beans, if you will. So very excited about it. Appreciate y'all. Hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow on Thursday for a mock draft. Make sure to cop that draft guide. Five bucks in-season package. Five bucks for the pre-draft package. And 15 bucks for the one-on-one packages with the other two as well tell a friend tell a family member you can leave a subscribe right here let me know how you feel about these stacks in the comments below on youtube you can find us at candlestick kids on youtube if you're a podcaster podcasters please leave a rate and review wherever you're listening it really really does mean the world to us and we, we do listen and read to all those so please if you have any uh productive criticism, let us know. If you have any compliments, of course, we'd love to hear those as well. And uh, let us uh, give us a compliment there. Find us on social media at fantasy football underscore TCK pod on Instagram. And on Twitter, it's TCK underscore pod. You can find that draft guide in the description below or on our website, tckpod.com. For my man, Lucas Kaser, who's not in the place tonight, I am your host, Scott Guasco. This is episode 230 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.